Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, I'm on a mission, and uh, I'm going to, to do everything in my power to the best of my ability to obey God in this mission. And so I want to remind you of something that the Lord spoke to me in October of last year. He said, we are entering a season that will require the walk of faith, another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. And I'm thrilled about it. I, the more I study along these lines, the more I feed on it, the more I remind myself what the Lord spoke on that morning, the more excited I am to dig in and, and develop in walking in the Spirit so that I walk in the Spirit with the accuracy that God designed. And so this depth of skill in walking in the Spirit is what we're aiming for. And God gave us five specific things to give our attention to. First, he said, know the leading with a certainty. Know the leading with a certainty. We need to know that when God speaks to us, we're confident that's God. I'm going to act quickly. I'm going to respond immediately to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in me. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to put it on pause and make him wait on me. I want to be so certain that he can get instant obedience out of me. Which brings us to number two. He said practice obedience. Practice obedience. Which again doesn't only mean don't be disobedient. But be quick to obey. But be quick to obey. So practice that obedience. I mean purposefully looking for that leading, looking for that instruction in the Word so that we can respond. Number three, develop humility and the love walk. Develop humility and the love walk. And they're connected. And we've done a lot of teaching just in the last uh, few weeks on humility and then pastor on the love walk Sunday night. Uh, which wasn't his main emphasis, but that's the main thrust that came through that emphasis. And then number four, what God spoke to us, the fruit of the Spirit is vital. Vital refers to vital statistics, vital signs. Those are things that indicate life. And so when he says the fruit of the Spirit is vital, he's saying the fruit of the Spirit is life to you. So the fruit of the Spirit isn't Sunday school material. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday material, right? That's something for us to recognize. This is life to me. And then finally, the trust in God, His ways, and His Word are safeguards. Not only trusting in God, but trusting in God's ways and trusting in His Word. These are safeguards. And so tonight I'm going to just give a emphasis to one of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's one that we don't hear as much teaching on, maybe, as we would others. 
So it's the one that the Holy Spirit has just directed me to, to turn my attention to it. Hebrews 12.1 is where we'll begin, and we're going to talk about patience. Say glory to God. God. She's going to teach about patience. Yeah, go ahead, say it again. Glory to God. She's going to teach about patience. And this is going to help me so much. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is vital. Hebrews 12, verse 1. You know, some, some people want to look at those, you know, fruit of the Spirit and pick out those power ones. You know, I love joy. my favorite to talk about. I love the joy. And I thought, Lord, let me go to that one first. He said, no, 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 no. Go right over here and we'll begin here. Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing... We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Run with patience the race. Run with patience the race. Well... If you're in for a competition of speed, this wouldn't be the instruction you would expect to hear, right? If it's a speed, if they're saying this is like the, the, uh, the, 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 I don't know, however many 20-foot dash or whatever it is, if this is a, a speed competition, we don't want you, we don't want patience today. We want you to run with all that you have from the moment the start the start indicator goes off, whether it's, you know, the, the gun or whatever. When they say go, you come out of those, that, that, that position from that, that, you, that starting line and you hit it with all that you've got till you hit that finish line. But that's not our instruction here because this isn't a sprint and it's not a speed competition. This is a marathon. And, and marathon has a different mindset. A marathon has a whole different attitude about it. Because the, it's not, there is a, an, a, an element of I want to um, beat my best record from before. But have y'all ever been to the starting line of a marathon? I have not ran one. So pastor could probably, and brother Jim, they could teach us better about what it's like in the step-by-step while you're mile-by-mile running through that marathon. But I have been to the marathon with my husband, and I was so surprised at how many people (laughs) come out to run 26-something miles. I'm like, are y'all out of your mind, right? And and then they they take off all their jackets. You know, it's cold. I went to the one in Kansas City, and they're all out there, and they're waiting, right? And they're warming up. They got their jackets on. They're warming up. They're ready. And then when it's getting ready to start, they they take their jackets off. They know they're never going to see that jacket again. They take it off because they only needed it temporarily to keep their muscles warm until the race started, but they're not carrying it with them. So all of these people leave behind this huge pile of coats (laughs) and they pull them and take them to the homeless or something, you know, because they're not coming back for those coats. They, They stripped off those things. That's what he's saying. 
those things which so easily beset you. You're going to get hot trying to wear that coat after you've been running about six miles. And you're, you're going to toss it along the way anyway. So might as well just go ahead and strip it off because I'm not going to need it in this next 26.3 miles that I'm about to run. And so the whole attitude is different. And so they're all there. They're, they're ready. They're waiting. But you know, out of all those thousands of people, they weren't in competition with each other. Most of the people weren't there saying, I want to be the one to win out of all these thousands of people. Most of the people said, I just want to finish. I just want to get across the line without that NSF behind my number, right? Which is saying they didn't make it, right? I want to be able to cross that line with some kind of time. So most people aren't the ones trying to win and say, I want to be number one, the first one across. Most people just say, I want to be across, right? The mindset is, I just want to be able to finish this race without breaking any of the rules. I want to stay in my lane. I want to stay on the course. I want to finish lawfully, and I want to finish in a time that can be recorded, right? And so that's what God is telling us. Don't make this about about being in a hurry. He said, there needs to be an element of patience. And so the definition that would probably give us the greatest understanding of what this word means in the Greek is endurance. And in the scriptures where patience is discussed, we also see a lot of that reference to endurance. And that's what you call someone who runs long distances. They are an endurance runner. And so we need to gain the mindset of endurance where we are in our faith, in our walk of faith, in our living out the Word of God. This mindset that I'm going to finish, and I'm going to finish lawfully, I'm going to stay in my lane, I'm going to run the race that's set before me, and I'm going to run it with this endurance. In the original... Uh, The word translated means long, and it means to hold together, to hold something together for a long time, endurance, to hold it together, long. And so while we are people of faith, we've got to understand faith is not always immediate in its results that are visible. We know now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not th- of things not seen. When I am taking a stand of faith for something that's rightfully mine by covenant, I believe I receive it at that moment, and I've made a spiritual transaction with my faith. But it may not manifest that next moment. It may be a day, a week, a month. There, may, there are some things depending upon the, the other um, components to what I'm believing for. When you're dealing with finances, it's the law of sowing and reaping. It takes time. 
It takes time in the natural. It takes time in the spiritual. There are some things when we're dealing in with uh, the salvation of our loved ones. God's got to deal with their will. He's not going to force them against their will. But He's made us a promise. He's made us a promise that, that us and our children will serve the Lord. Right? We'll be saved. So what's he got to do in the meantime? He can't force their will. He won't force their will. So what's he going to do? He's going to show them things. He's going to draw them to himself. He's going to send laborers across their path. He's going to every day open the eyes of their understanding because we're calling out to him and we're saying, Father, we pray against what the enemy's doing to blind the minds of our children. I break that mind blinding. I break that unbelief. I break that wrong thought pattern in the name of Jesus. Now I'm working to be a go-between for God. And I'm breaking what the enemy's trying to do. And then they go out and watch something that night that just reinforces what I broke that morning. So what do I need? I need some endurance, right? Because God may get me back up in the morning. I say, Lord, what do I need to pray this morning? He said, go ahead and break that off them again because they've been focusing on that. They've been thinking along those lines. They've been strengthening themselves. The enemy came right along behind you and, and put... Uh, that uh, another layer of that thought pattern onto them. So just go ahead and break it off of them again. Okay, so, so I've got to recognize that, okay, I prayed it one time. This isn't the prayer of faith. Y'all know when you're praying for your family members, there's an element of faith, but you're, you're praying things not that, that are not with the tool of the prayer of faith, but with the tool of intercession. You're with the tool of, of, of being one who is applying the work of intercession to that person's life. Y'all know we've been talking about that in the last three weeks on our television broadcast. What we've been saying we've broadcasting is not, we, 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 we've been broadcasting about how to pray for your family, even though we thought we were broadcasting something else. So we've been talking about it if you saw it on VTN, right? So when you're praying for your family, you need endurance. Because God needs time to convince them, to get through, to sow the seed of the gospel into them. He needs time for them to come to themselves in the pig pen. He needs time. And you gotta you gotta pray. You gotta pray for mercy. You've gotta pray for the the light to be shining in their understanding. You've got to pray for them to know what is the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of the height of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. You and you might pray those things, and you're like, Lord, I prayed this for the last three weeks. He says, pray it, pray it again. And you need some endurance. Why? Because because those are not prayers of faith that are repetitious in doubt. Those are fresh applications. Because you're praying for somebody else. Let me explain what I mean. If I go to God and say, Father, I need you to help me with this financial need in my life. You said I could ask and I shall receive. And so, Father, I thank you. I believe I receive it. You said uh, that because I've given, it's given back to me. And, Lord, I thank you. I'm a tither. And you are causing my seed to be abundantly multiplied in the field. I believe I receive it. I'm not going to come back tomorrow and pray that. Because I believed I received it. 
That's something that I'm claiming by covenant out of my covenant provision and I believed I received it. Now the next day I'm going to say, Father, I thank you that yesterday when I prayed that prayer, I believed I received and I thank you I have that need met. But when I'm praying for God to open the eyes of the understanding of my child, I prayed it yesterday He came and worked on them, and they might have closed them again. I got to pray it again. (laughs) If there are things that God will lead us to pray that are fresh applications, because that's not a prayer of faith, that's a prayer of intercession. And and the word intercede means to go between. Mm -hmm. To go between. And so Jesus interceded when he went between us and Satan and delivered us out of the power, the authority of of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God. He went between us and God and provided that, that connection by saying, I'll give my body to be the sacrifice and my blood to pay the price. So he went between us and God to provide the connection and he went between us and Satan and broke Satan's connection off of us. So that's done. But the prayer of intercession applies it. So the prayer of intercession takes what Jesus has already made available and puts it into play in that person's life because y'all do know when Lot was taken captive, he didn't have any weapons to get himself free. He was a captive. Abram had to arm 318 men in his house. And go do what five king, kingdoms and armies, five armies could not do. Because Abraham's covenant was backed by God. But he had to deliver Lot because Lot couldn't deliver himself. And so there are applications of prayer that need endurance. They need us to stay with it. And so this patience is for our benefit as well as the benefit of those that we're praying for, the benefit of all these other applications in our life where we are walking out the word, we need endurance. Amen? So this word endurance means to hold something together for a long time. It gives the idea of an undergirding of a bridge. Have you seen like one of the, there's a bridge in San Francisco that goes across this huge body of water? They have special undergirding underneath that bridge, right? You want that, that protection to hold it up. Faith is the bridge, but it needs the patience to hold it up. Because when your patience runs out, your faith stops at that point. That's where your faith, it's like, I don't have anything else holding me up. So we believe, and faith and patience, and I'm ahead of myself, but but that undergirding allows me to keep on, it holds me together while I'm believing. It maintains that so that my faith can continue working. So we see that patience is something that we need. So when, when, our, when our faith runs out, our receiving is over. But when our patience runs out, our faith stops. We need to endure in faith. We need to endure. And so 
I think one of the greatest ways to see that is when you're praying for the salvation of your loved one. Because it's, it's something that requires time for God to operate all of the necessary components to get them to see what we see about how great God is. Amen? But God is faithful, and if we'll listen to Him, He'll teach us how to pray, and He'll help us build our, develop our patience because it's vital. Remember, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's vital. So patience, let me give you some other words that would describe patience. It would be steadfastness. Steadfastness. Constancy. Sustaining. Persevering. I don't want you to see the cat holding on to the end of the rope with the knot tied to the end of the rope. There was a poster when I was a kid, and it was in all the libraries. You know, it was like a poster they would sell with the, with the little book order forms we used to have. Y'all remember the Scholastic book order forms? Yeah. Okay, and so it had little posters you could get, and one of them had this little cute kitty cat, and it was hanging from the rope, and it, it had the knot, and it said, tie a knot at the end of the rope and hang on. That's not the patience picture that the Bible gives to us. We're not holding on. <laughs> we're not surviving. We're, we're, we're enduring with that steadfast victory. I still have my victory. I'm still in the position of more than a conqueror. I'm still triumphing because God always causes me to triumph. And, and I am patient in my victory. I'm patient. I'm enduring. I'm sustaining. I'm persevering. So this is something that is a fruit of the Spirit. This is available to you now. You have patience now. You have patience because you're born again. If you're born again, if you've accepted Jesus as Lord, you have patience now. But has it been put to work? That's what we want to find out. Has my patience been exercised? So we're going we're gonna to step by step look at this. Before we leave Hebrews 12, let's see one more thing in verse 2. It says in verse 1, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Remember I said often when we see patience in the Bible, we see somewhere in that context that reference to endurance. So we, we run this race with patience, looking to Jesus as our example who for the joy that was set before him, or you could say the finish line that was set before him, he endured, he, he held it together and maintained to, so that he could cross that finish line. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. So the way that we run with patience is keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep looking at him and his endurance, and it makes anything we're going through come into its correct context because if, if Jesus, uh, who is in me, greater is he who is in me, if he's in me, he's going to help me 
overcome and continue so that I can finish with this same joy. Hebrews chapter 3. Back up here to a few, cha a few chapters to chapter 3. And let's look at verse 14. We are made, for we are made partakers of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Is that a benefit? We are made partakers of Christ. And that word Christ is also defined the anointed one and his anointing. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, here's a word that we found to be an indicator of patience, the word steadfast. If we hold, hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast. So how confident we are in the beginning, it needs to hold it together and not go up and down and, and I'm confident today, but I'm in doubt tomorrow. No, I, I want to maintain that faith. Confidence and faith are synonymous. I want to maintain that confidence with that same, same momentum See, our faith doesn't need to be um, uh, heavy and soft and heavy and soft or, or, or strong and weak and strong and weak or up and down and up and down. Faith is supposed to be constant because I need that constant application of that force of faith to stay on that thing and bring it to me. Amen. That faith is like a magnet. It's bringing it to me and I don't want it stopping and being on pause for three days, and what happened? Oh, well, I haven't given it any faith attention. My mouth hadn't been talking to it. My heart hasn't been, hasn't been releasing that faith, and so it's just kind of out here floating until I come back to it. No, if I'm, if I'm working on it, I need to be constantly giving that faith pressure to it, but how do we do it? We need that steadfastness, that, that, content, that constancy, so patience helps us maintain that application of faith so that what we're believing for continues a forward progress towards us. Amen. So hold steadfast unto the end. This is an example of patience. It's, it's not an intense effort that wins this race. It's not that intense, got to run with all my might, that intense effort that wins the race. It's that constant, that continuance, that steadfastness so that we can continue to the end. And I will tell you, and I haven't ran it, but my husband who ran the marathon says you get to a certain mile in that race. It's past the 20 mile mark. And you're, you're, you're I mean, you've gone way past over half at that point. But he said, there's just something about those last four or five miles because your body is screaming at you. Your body is just, you've used all of the, the energy resources, all the glucose in every cell that you, <laughs> your body is at the end. Your feet are hurting. You've pounded the pavement for over 20 miles. And, but th this is what's in the mind. I... I I can't stop at 21. <laughs> I can't stop at 22. I can't come this far and then just sit down. And there was one race where he got an injury. And, of course, he was in one pace group, which means he was running uh, like a, a two and, and a half, I think, 
miles a minute. Brother Jim was in a different pace group that year. No, Brother Jim was doing a half marathon. I was here. They were in Kansas. And so I'm watching Pastor on the app because his number has a little tag on it. And so every time he crosses a place, it will update him on the, on the map. And so I can see his progress. And so after I, I'm, I called Jim, I'm like, Jim, I haven't seen him pass the, the finish line. He, it's like he stopped at this one place and Brother Jim had done the half. And he was there at the end of the full marathon finish line waiting on pastor. And I called him. I said, Brother Jim, I can't see him crossing. He said, he hasn't crossed. I've been here watching for him. And I said, well, will you go look for him? And so he begins walking, you know, the path backwards, you know, from the finish line. And pastor had pulled a muscle in his calf, but he wouldn't finish. He said, I'm walking it out, but I'm finishing because I will, I will not have did not finish behind my number. <laughs> and I'm going to have no DNF, yeah, DNF behind my number. And no, I'm going to finish this if I have to walk it all out. So he, he walked those last, I think, four miles with that injury uh, because in his mind he had already established that I'm going to, the endurance, no matter what it takes, no matter how hard it hurt, how much it hurts, no matter how hard my body is screaming at me to stop, I'm going to endure this. And I, he's got that finish, mind, foc, finish line focused in his mind. So that's what we've got to recognize is that we've, we don't need to see ourselves dragging our bodies across the finish line, but we do need to say, I'm going to just set this determination of endurance. Then I'm not going to be moved. Uh, how often does the Bible talk about the, the way the enemy wants to move us? I mean, Psalm chapter 1 says, The person who meditates in the word of God will be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. It shall not be moved. Why? The enemy wants to move us off of our faith. He wants to move us off of our determination. He wants to move us away from the things that God has promised and get us over into a place where we'll settle for what's comfortable. We'll settle and we'll say, well, maybe I just won't believe, you know, to, for, for all that. I'll just believe for a little bit less. And, and God's saying, don't lower your standards. Come on and, and, and let faith have its, have its work in you. Amen? And so he said this endurance is what we need to develop for our race. That we need to, and endurance is something that you don't get by just getting up and, and running once a month. In the natural, for you to get endurance, you have to, you have to get up and you have to work it. I mean, even walking. I remember when I first started walking, I'm like, Woo! This is, this is a lot. The more I walked, the more I thought, well, I, that's easy now. It wasn't easy the first time I walked that two miles. But the, when I had been doing it for a few days, I've developed endurance. And so there are some things that we're going to have to recognize. Patience is going to go to work for me here. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6. We're still here in Hebrews. Let's go over to 6.11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence, underline diligence, 
That's an indicator of patience, isn't it? We show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Underline that. Unto the end. So a lot of people start, but that's not, the, that's not what you get the medal for. Right? It's for finishing. Everybody who finishes gets the medal. Even if you're very last, the last one in that marathon, you get a medal just like the first one who came across. Right? So it's, it's the continuation unto the end. He says we desire this diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be diligent until the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Faith and patience working together, companions in this process of inheriting the promise. We have a promise. God is faithful to the promise. But we need to endure in believing. We need to be diligent with this full assurance unto the end. Amen? This is how we inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. See God with his right hand raised to the sky, swearing on who he is as God. He swore by himself saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. On who I am as God, I swear on myself, I will bless you, I will multiply you. And so after Abraham had patiently endured, you see there we have endurance again, with patience, patiently endured, not, not suffering in enduring, not painful enduring, patient enduring. Patient is that holding it together <laughs> for a long time. Patiently enduring. What happened after he patiently endured? He obtained. Why? Because if our faith stops, the receiving stops. Patience helps my faith continue. After he had patiently endured, he obtained. That's our story. The same way it worked, the same way Abraham's faith works, we've got the same faith. It works the same way. There's a need for patient endurance in our lives to receive and obtain the promises of God in our lives too. Amen? So this patient endurance is diligence to the end because one of the biggest trials to your faith is time. It's time that wants to make you question, Am I, is this faith thing working or not? That is the biggest trial of your faith is that length of time because the enemy wants to make you look back and count how many days, how many weeks you've been standing for that, how long you've been confessing that, 
Just go ahead. God is not in time. Don't let Satan use time against you. You are eternal. You have eternal life in you. Hey, listen. I know the one who can redeem time. I know the one who can pull me up out of time. I know the one. He's not limited by time, so I'm not going to limit God by time. I'm not going to put a time limit or a time frame and, and put that. And it, when people began to say, well, if it was working, things would be different by now. Look at the, by now. Where did they come up with that? Because they're looking back at, at when they started and they're wanting to judge the time. We need to be recognizing the strength. You know, when I began quoting a certain group of scriptures, we were believing to, we, this was, we were believing for everything financially. And we were, we were quoting these scriptures. And when I started quoting them, I knew that when they came out of my mouth, I really didn't believe what I was saying. <laughs> it came out of my mouth and it was like a feather. It, this is about as far as it, it came out of my mouth. The words just kind of floated down. It was like, I know they didn't go far. So every day I got up and I put those scriptures in my eyes and in my ears. I spoke, I spoke them out loud. I didn't just read them. I, I verbally spoke those scriptures out loud and said, Father, I thank you that I am blessed going in and I am blessed coming out. I am blessed in the field and I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in my basket. Father, I thank you that you increase me more and more. I thank you, Lord, that I have given and it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You cause people to give into my life. I thank you, Father. I would go through those scriptures and we were in this this. I was probably about 30 days into this. I'm not saying 30 as a, that's what it took for me. And when I opened to the same scriptures I'd been reading every day, I opened up and when they came out of my mouth, I knew there was something different. I sensed, spiritual sensed, there was strength in my words. I, I, could, I could, the faith, that was like a feather when I started. It was now coming out like a bullet aiming towards a bullseye. I knew I was hitting a target. And there was just something. Every time I would say a scripture, I knew something just changed. Something just happened. And I knew before I saw anything. Just because I could, I could recognize the difference in the faith that was in my words. If you had asked me, Michelle, on day one, are you in faith about this? Oh, yeah, I'm in faith. I got faith. I got faith for that. It was feather faith. <laughs> as far as it went. But I, I thought I had faith till faith came. When faith came, I knew I, wasn't, I was in hope. I wasn't in faith yet. When faith came, I knew it, and nobody had to tell me. I just had to tell everybody, y'all just hide and watch, because something has changed. Something, we, we knew the difference, because I could recognize there was, a, so hear me when I say this. 
I'm not looking for outside external evidences of time. I'm looking for the spiritual substance in my words. I'm, when I've got that, that, I don't care how long. Those words are coming out and they're hitting it. You know, if you have a huge boulder and you take a sledgehammer and you hit that boulder, you're probably going to be like the coyote, Wally Coyote, ding, right? When he would try to hit the, 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 in the, the cartoons, right? But if you keep slamming that sledgehammer against that boulder, every time you hit that boulder, you're compromising the integrity of that rock. You are weakening it with every hit. And when our words, because the word of God says, my word is like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. That's the amplified. If you'll keep your faith in your words, you'll keep your words loaded so they're not feather faith words, but they're heavyweight artillery words. You've loaded those words with a strong faith. Then you'll keep them loaded and then you'll have the endurance to keep speaking them and they like a sledgehammer, hit that resistance and hit that resistance and hit that resistance and hit that resistance and hit that resistance. Just don't stop. Just let the endurance can keep propelling you to hit that resistance because with every slam of that hammer of the Word of God, that resistance is weakening, it's weakening. You might not be able to tell it's weakening. You may not see any physical evidence that it's weakening. There might not be any out external uh, 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 appearance that it's weakening. But you know what's in your words. You know there's power in your words. You know you've loaded those words with the Word of God. So if you have the endurance to keep applying those words and not pull back and not change your position and say, well, that didn't seem to be working. Let me go over here and start over again on a new rock. Well, then you're God, you've wasted all of your effort and energy that was built up into your words and you're starting over when that one was about to crack down the middle. Stay with it. The endurance is what we need because the Word of God works. If we'll keep working it. The word works if we'll keep working it. It's working. It's working. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like... It's working. It's working. Yeah, but how I feel. It's working. It's working. What do I need? I need to keep working it. It's working. And the more excited you get, you're like, hey, 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 it's working. That's the joy that lays before you. <laughs> it's working. Continue. Continue in what you have learned, the New Testament says. Continue. Continue. That's the thing. Don't stop now. Don't stop. Hallelujah. The Word of God works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unto the end. That's what we want. 
1 Corinthians 15, 58, and we'll pause here, and the next time I have the opportunity, we'll pick back up with this. Have you, didn't I help you tonight? I got my, I got my help. Do you get your help tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. We want to hold fast. We want to be steadfast. We want that constant application. Hallelujah. Therefore, oh wait, wait, you should start it. We need to know why, what's, what we're there for and about. Verse 57, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. Gives is present tense. When you wake up tomorrow, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and check it. And you'll find out it's present tense in the morning. It won't be past tense for you next week. You can open it up next week and it's going to say, yeah, he's still giving you the victory. So thanks be to God, which gives us the victory, present tense, every day, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore, because God gives us the victory, consistently, continually gives us the victory, there's not one day that this doesn't apply to, so because God gives us the victory, therefore, you be steadfast. You be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. So since he gives us the victory, we can be steadfast. Our part is be steadfast. What's the enemy want to make us do? move he wants to move us off of that stand of faith he wants to move us off of the word he wants to move us off of our confidence but the bible says hold fast your confidence hold fast your confession your profession of faith why is it why are all these new testament instructions hold fast don't be moved be constant be steadfast because the enemy his only he can't defeat you God always gives us the victory. He can't defeat you. He's got to get you to quit. But if you'll let patience have her perfect work, you won't quit. You'll just hold it together as long as you need to hold it together. Till the going on comes on. Amen? All right, watch. Pause. I'm going to pause it there so I can keep with my hour of power. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to the Lord, Father. Thank you. Say it with me. Thank you for the fruit of patience. I make my decision to work on cultivating patience to another level in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And he'll help you. You've got patience. Every believer has patience. You just have to pull it off your tool belt and put it to work. Amen. Praise God. The Lord is good. Stand with me.